Mean Girls is getting a Gen Z reboot, the actor's strike is over after 100 days, and is BookTok the new fast fashion? I'm Maggie Zhao. And I'm Jasmine Wallace, and you're listening to Culture Club, our chat about pop culture, current affairs, the internet, and our lives. We acknowledge that the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people are the traditional custodians of this land we are on today. We would like to pay our respects to elders past and present. We would also like to celebrate the rich history of First Nations culture and storytelling that we're continually learning from. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Max. Yes. What's been a highlight of your week? I feel like it's been a little bit of a tough week for many, many people and just trying to create a bit of positive vibes. So what would you say is a highlight of your week so far? I actually barely worked this week. I took a five-day weekend, five-day weekend over the long holiday, public holiday that we have in Melbourne. And it really felt like that period between Christmas and New Year's mm. where you don't know what the day is. You kind of lounge around kind of doing nothing. I Genuinely, like when Wednesday rolled around, I was like, whoa, we're already halfway through the week. I didn't even know. So I was very lucky and I got to spend quite a lot of time near the beach Mm. and in nature. So that was a nice, very, very, very nice highlight of my week. Which beach were you at the other day? Yeah, so I was at Elwood Beach. I went to Portsea. I didn't go to the beaches there though. And I, okay, that's not a beach, but I was also in Glen Waverley. Like my friend was house-sitting and we had a good day out of it very fun. Lovely. I know. I also went to, on the public holiday, I went to the DFO um, okay. <laughs> in South Wharf and because um, my boyfriend needs to buy some shoes. Anyway, um, so it was like really, really hot that day and we're going mm-hmm. to like an air conditioned oh, yeah. shopping center. And I was like, this feels like Christmas because it's so, so hot. And then all the Christmas sales have already started and I got a boost juice. Oh, and I was like, I best. feel like I'm simultaneously a teenager, but like a teenager at Christmas, you know, when you're like teenager and your hobby is like going to the shops and buying like ten dollar earrings. Yes, That's what I okay. did. Um, so that was uh, fun. What was the main? main jewelry shop um not lavissa yeah diva diva yeah the way that diva had a chokehold so in chadson my local it'd be like diva was opposite supre same same in um that's so funny i wonder if they're in cahoots with each other yeah they should be um so i totally vibe that i feel like that's quintessential australian Mm. summer like boost juice in an air-conditioned shopping center while buying earrings while buying earrings But in other news, the question that's been plaguing me for half a week (laughs) was, is Harry Styles bald? Yeah, I thought this was very fake at first. Like some of the photos were just like blurry as. I was Mm -hmm. like, I'm not believing it until I see it. And yeah, I got confirmation this morning from, I think it was like TMZ posted a photo of him with his girlfriend Taylor Russell at some sort of gig. Um, And he's got a buzz cut. I think it looks so good. I like it too. I feel like we're two buzz cut girlies. Like we enjoy them. Well, my boyfriend's been saying for ages he's got like curly hair, mm-hmm. um, short but curly on top, and um, he's like starting to recede a tiny bit. And he's like, I just kind of want a buzz cut, buzz cut. And I'm like, but I love your curls. But now seeing Harry Styles, maybe I'm like, do it. Maybe he could be buzz cut. Do it. Tom did it earlier this year for like the first time. I really rated it, 
And also, hair grows back so quickly. True. But also, yeah. like, sorry, exposing him on the podcast, he is, is receding. So I'm like, yes. what if they never grow back? What if? But he's like, surely curls will grow back better. But I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, no. I rate it, though. Harry looks hot. Mm. He always looks hot. I feel mm. like this is half a Britney moment where he's, like, shedding his, like, love on tour and yeah, post One Direction why. persona. Something's happening. Maybe it's, like, a, like taylor swift kind of vibe of like shaking up your appearance yeah music direction so true i feel like giving like robbie williams david beckham in the 90s okay yeah and obviously robbie williams was in a boy band take that and he left he had the biggest solo career so kind of similar paths Mm. which is interesting but yeah i love it but it's funny the way i think younger harry fans especially yeah have been so like personally upset or maybe they're just making tiktok jokes about him potentially being bald or going bald and all this stuff and it's like it happens like people age yeah so true and yes he has like all the money in the world to quote unquote fix it but i don't know as gen z's we're like body positivity but if there's like one thing that's deemed like ugly or whatever by like society standards it's like well you have money so you can go fix Mm. that if you want and it's like is this body positive definitely not am i saying this because my boyfriend's going bald maybe yeah same (laughs) as mine honey (laughs) If it's good enough for Harry Styles, it's good enough for our boyfriend. <laughs> In other British celeb news, another paparazzi pick came out this week. And I think it's very obvious what it is. Mm-hmm. But also, you don't want to mm-hmm. speculate, even though that's what we're doing right now. You don't want to, like, assume. But Suki Waterhouse was papped with her boyfriend, the Robert Patterson, um, out and about on a hike in LA Mm. and the model slash actress singer was photographed wearing a Burberry zip up and gray shorts with what appeared to be a visible baby bump. And also Rob had his hand like on her stomach as well. I thought it was very cute. I thought the pics were really cute and sweet and like, congratulations. But also it's not confirmed. You also don't (laughs) want to like, I don't know. I don't know. I know. It's like maybe congratulations, I guess. It quite, it shocked me seeing this news just because like that wasn't on my radar that Mm. like this could be i don't know a possibility or something i mean the pair have been together they've been linked together since 2018 so that's like five years together also reportedly last year they had bought a house together so you know signifying like a step in another direction for their relationship Mm. but yeah the photo's I, I'm the same as you. I'm like, oh, I don't want to miss misspeak. But like, yeah, she does look pregnant, like a little baby bump. But again, they haven't said anything yeah. themselves. Maybe I shouldn't say congratulations just yet. We'll see. Also, what I thought as soon as I saw the pictures, yeah. I was like, but she's coming to Australia. She like is. Like in summer. Yeah, for Laneway Festival. Yeah. <laughs> Not me being like, wait, she's having a baby. What about your performance at Laneway in <laughs> Australia? But that's how I'm No, feeling. it's true though. Like. Yeah. I don't we don't know if she's one if she's pregnant too how far along but like maybe she's I feel like a lot of um the TikTok mums or young um women have kind of changed public perception of pregnant women I feel like it's currently almost an accessory at the moment not in terms of like I'm gonna get pregnant because it's like fashionable but I think that people who are pregnant and are traditionally really good looking and TikTok algorithm loves them anyway it does, I think, get them a lot of engagement and like mm. outfits specifically for bumps yes. and like things like that. Yes. Do you agree? I know what you're saying. I feel like 
it's been a thing for a while, let's say in the last decade, like the era of mum fluences as well as like mm. pregnant people influences, but it's just gotten a cool girl upgrade. Yes. So yeah, I follow a lot of pregnant people now and like they're so chic and like yeah. <laughs> me and you were like, oh, look so cute. <laughs> like some of the photos. Um, and I think you're right in the way that it's gotten a bit of a rebrand, I think. But speaking of TikTok, Suki actually has a really interesting brand, I guess, on TikTok. She's kind of a shit poster, yeah. for one. And she comes across as quite relatable. To me, she gives off a Nepo vibes, yeah. but I can't tell if that's just because she's British. But actually, her parents are working class. Okay. So they don't have a blue Wikipedia link in there for her parents. But one thing I did find interesting was um, her video recently that was... I just spent 350 on TikTok shop buying an air fryer equipment and this is me trying to manifest it back. And it's like... That's nothing to you. Yeah. Let's be honest. I saw another one of her videos and the caption read, I'm literally just a girl, bracket, I am an adult woman with a mortgage, right? And like she's definitely trying to play into that internet sphere Mm. of... Yeah, being a relatable person. But it's not hitting for me because I'm like, girl, you are so famous, so beautiful. You're a successful musician and model and your partner is also successful and beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. You're literally in Daisy Jones and the Six, girly. Yeah. She also – this was kind of funny. She also re-brought up, I guess, the news that her and Bradley Cooper dated in 2014 – who could forget the pictures of them? I think it's in a Paris garden. Yes. And she's reading Lolita on his lap. And there's like a 15-year age gap. And she was like 20. She's 21. Yeah. And, and he was 38. Yeah. I can't. Lolita. Like, surely that was set up. Surely. But, um, her video was like, uh, me when someone calls me crazy, but they didn't know me in 2014. And everyone's just like, we know what we're talking about. Not you bringing up Bradley Cooper, who's also dating Gigi Hadid at the moment. Oh, We haven't spoken about that, I think. I don't even want to think about that. That's actually too much for my brain to comprehend. Yeah. I don't want to. I think Sorry. that's why we haven't brought it up. We're like, yeah. I'm tired. <laughs> me manifesting it, not being real. <laughs> All year we have been talking about how the Northern Hemisphere have experienced their summer of divorces and now us in little old Southern Hemisphere, our summer is just beginning and we have to ask the question, is a summer of divorces happening here right now? This probably started when Hugh Jackman and his wife of 27 years, Deborah Lee Furness, separated. Who knows if this is going to kick off the trend in Australia. Not that it's a trend to like (laughs) end your relationship of 27 years, but interesting patterns, I guess. Mm -hmm. It was kind of under the radar. I think this happened in like September. And I remember when the news came out, everyone was like the classic, I don't believe in love anymore. They were endgame. Why would you divorce after 27 years? Guys, they're only in their mid-50s. Like they still have a lot of life left to live. But they've been back in the news this week because a demand of Hugh Jackman's was publicized. And that is the actor is worth reportedly $100 million. Which, to be honest, sounds legit. Like he is very successful, very talented, very well loved. So... I would have even assumed a little bit higher. Yeah. And he has been working for like bloody 30 years or something. Um, So he has said, or he seems happy to split that fortune with his wife. You know, they've built this empire together, whatever. But there's one condition. And that is that Deborah Lee signs a quote, ironclad non-disclosure agreement because there are certain aspects of their relationship together that he wants to keep under wraps. 
when you saw this, what was the first thing that came into your head? <laughs> well, I saw it on TikTok and it was someone being like, what are his secrets? This is crazy. I give people the benefit of the doubt. And I think maybe he's just a very private Australian person compared to like Joe Jonas, for example, (laughs) who are happy to air their familial disagreements out for the tabloids. Like maybe he's just like, this is really sad. This relationship's come Mm -hmm. to an end. Let's agree that we don't speak on anything and I'll share this amount of money with you. $50 million will Mm -hmm. still get you very far in this life. Very true. Um, What do you think? (laughs) Are you opposite? <laughs> no, no, no. But when I first read that, I was like, oh, my God, he's into something really random in the bedroom. Like, he pretends to be a goat. Like, literally, <laughs> that was my first thought, goat included. Stop. We're going to get done for I um, know. Sorry, de- Mr. Hugh defamation. <laughs> no shame. No shame. But what is in that no NDA? Shame, I know. Well, well, that's the thing. I'm like, it's okay, Mr. Hugh. If if this is your truth, speak it. Like, like you don't need an NDA to protect you here. Look, just on the record, this is from my brain. This is, this is not from any information out there. That is just the vibe I received. <laughs> Imagine if someone was like, the yeah. vibe you're giving is that you fuck goats. <laughs> he pretends to be a goat, Chad. So there's oh. a difference. I don't think there's a real animal. <laughs> he pretends to be a goat. I mean, he was Wolverine. True. I can see that, him bleeding. But that's probably that's way. <laughs> so there is, while that is not a real source, that is just Maggie. But um, a quote insider has told the National Enquirer, quote, This move is less about the financial aspect and more about retaining control. Hugh's concern has never been money, but rather control. He's a man with lots of secrets and doesn't want any of them exposed. And then according to Us Weekly, Hugh's reportedly planning to write a memoir with, quote, big bombshells about Mm. his personal life. So that's the the red flag for me. I'm like, so your wife is in an ironclad M and DA. She can't say anything for half of $100 million but you are able to write a memoir. Like that's kind of giving, unless he's writing the memoir and he's putting fake stuff in the memoir and it's so that his wife can't like um, be like, that's not true. But yeah, Mm, it's hard. I think he has like a very ironclad, like good guy persona in the Mm. industry. I always think about this TikTok of him like um, on stage, like, after a musical like doing all the bows and then he specifically like calls out by name the oh what's it called in theater the pe- like the people that like play like all the roles like they fill in and they play yeah. all the roles and who you mean understudies and stuff yeah but like they, they swinger they're called swingers oh. um, or swings or something anyway but yeah they like literally have to know every every person's role and he like it was really great like called that person out and like told That's that so to the nice. crowd and and yeah, people in the industry have been like, oh, he's really lovely. But anyway. Well, I was just about to say, I do feel a little bit like almost guilty right now, even talking about him in his personal life because he has such a good guy persona and he's like a national treasure of Australia. Mm-hmm. So I was even like, oh, I'm sure he's actually a really nice guy. Yeah, but I don't trust um, any men. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, especially one worth $100 million. But we'll have to see. If he did release um, a memoir, would you read it? I listened to a podcast about it. Oh. <laughs> Celebrity Memoir Memoir Book Club. Club. (laughs) Our biggest, like, I'm their biggest fan. (laughs) After 118 days, the SAG-AFTRA strike is over. 
woo 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 and if you also didn't know what that acronym was like me that is the screen actors guild american federation of television and radio artists um which is essentially the actors union yeah in america in america um so yeah as we've seen on the news in like the last couple of months the last few months actually uh they have been striking uh for an increase in minimum salaries a share of streaming service revenue and also protection against being replaced by ai so Big, big, big deal that this is finally over because the rioters' strike was over mm. a little while back. It means that like our favorite shows are now able to one be promoted and two get start getting remade again, which is very exciting. That was crazy. Like when it all first kicked off, like when they first went on strike, yeah. the CEOs of like Disney and Netflix and stuff were giving real supervillain energy. Mm. They were literally like, "We'll let people starve until they." like succumb to like coming back to work or whatever so it's actually very heartwarming i think in a time where people versus like power has never been more transparent and more obvious i think Mm. like this divide that is growing bigger and bigger between corporations governments and like the everyday working class people so it is nice i think to see a win for the people Mm, even if it is you know in america you know but like we consume that like we report and like podcasts on tv and film and stuff it is also connected to us culturally from Mm. australia of course yeah and i think the misconception that i know i had at the start was like oh you know like actors like famous people and stuff but you know the majority of people in this union are people who earn under 30 or 40k a year like these are actors of all different Mm. experiences and um levels of like seniority or fame essentially so it's not like oh like these rich people fighting for more money like that's really not the case another reason why we do support union and striking and worker efforts like this so this was the first strike in 43 years but yeah finally some sort of agreement has been made According to the ABC, the union says negotiators reached a preliminary deal on a new contract. They will consider the agreement like later this week and then they will release details after that meeting. But representatives said that they secured a contract of, quote, extraordinary scope and that included um, a streaming participation bonus for the mm. first time, which is huge because, like, the reason they were striking is because they – because the system the contracts basically were so outdated they were based on like residual modeling which is like if you went to blockbuster (laughs) and you got a dvd you would get a certain amount of money and then you'd get um at the end of the month you'd get like a check yeah for however many people like watch your thing on tv and dvd sales but then streaming came in and there was no update which seems so stupid like it's a whole different system And, like, we're paying as subscribers, but then the actors just aren't even getting, like, residual income from it, which is just insane. So, hopefully, um, yeah, that's a good deal for them as well. Excited for all the new stuff that's going to come out in the movie and TV sphere. It will be a bit of a dry spell next year. Mm. So, hold on tight and I guess we'll be re-watching old favourites. One movie that is coming out next year on January 12th, to be specific, is Mean Girls. Mean Girls the musical, we should say. Mean Girls the musical slash movie. Mean Girls the 
musical slash movie, but the trailer doesn't have any musical moments. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little confusing. <laughs> well, let's break it down. Firstly, thoughts. So before I watched the trailer, this is what I knew, that this is a movie adaptation of the broadway musical which is an adaptation of the movie so it's kind of going back to its roots in terms that it is a movie but obviously it's not the same it's not just a like straight remake i was excited because renee rapp is the main character she is regina george I never heard of her before this. We talked about this, but not on air because there was a, a, an article in the cut like a couple months ago, which had Renee Rapp star in it. For most people, she is in the Sex Lives of College Girls, which is Mindy Kaling TV show. She's also massive on TikTok. She's like a queer icon. She's like, yeah, very active on there. Um, but you hadn't heard of her before. I knew the name, but I couldn't name a single song. I didn't know where she would come from, like what her deal was. Um, but now I am a fan mm-hmm. just from watching the trailer. I think she's going to kill it as Regina George. Obviously, she played her on Broadway as well. So it would be really interesting to see someone's like depiction of a character that's usually on a Broadway stage to movie. A few of the characters are coming back, which I think is very nice when you have a reboot that yes. is like – it's not going to be like Mean Girls 2. It's yeah. like actually a reboot. So Tina Fey, who of course wrote the original Mean Girls film and then also helped write the adaptation of the Broadway musical in 2017, is back. And then Tim Meadows, who is the principal, Principal Duval, he's also back. Mm. Then there's a few new characters. Ashley Park from yes. um, Emily in Paris and Only Murders in Building. Love her so much. Um, she starred in the Broadway production as Gretchen Wieners, but in the movie she's playing a french teacher madam park oh same like oh wait yeah cute i like how they kept her last name yeah yeah australian actress and gary rice is playing the role of katie heron she i love um and gary rice i actually didn't know her by name but when i googled her i was like oh mm. yes i know her she's in lots of things her name just sounds like a type of rice <laughs> like so- you're speaking to someone whose name is Jasmine as well. Oh. <laughs> no, I she's, love Rise, but... She's incredible. She's incredible. What a massive get for her as well, hey? Yeah, yeah. And she was just um, performing at, like, the Melbourne Theatre Company Bless. a couple months ago. And I was like, I need to go, I need to go. And then classic, like, one of those things that just mm-hmm. flies by. Busy Phillips, who's, like, a 90s, 2000s icon, is playing, um, like, replacing mm. Amy Poehler as Regina George's mum. John Hamm from Mad Men is Coach Carr. Yeah. Nice update of that hilarious teacher creepy teacher but hilarious um there's also a number of lesser known actors who i'm really looking forward to seeing on um screen oh my god how could we forget as well the summer i turned pretty's chris brinley conrad anyway his name's conrad on in the show i just see him as conrad so you watched me watch this trailer right before we recorded and i was like (gasps) and that was when conrad came on Mm. screen his name's chris briney sorry not brinley Bad journalism. But yes, he is playing um, Aaron. Yeah. Wow. So I have to say, though, even though I was excited about this, the flavor of the trailer and seeing some of the casting choices did read as this like a Netflix movie. Like, mm. you, you know, you didn't like the remake for She's All That, He's All That, like the the one with, um, or did you not? I didn't even watch it. Oh my God. Sorry, the one with Addison Ray. Yeah. I, I've Addison never Ray. seen the original and I never watched oh, the reboot. I watched a reboot of that. Um, 
And it's kind of reading the same as well. Mm. Like in the reboot, they had some of the original people. Yeah, from that's right. He's all that or she's all that. I literally don't even get – I don't even know the pronouns. Um, but this is feeling a little bit the same and I think it's because there wasn't the musical element in the trailer. Yeah, well, the trailer is set to Olivia Rodrigo's Get Him Back. Iconic song. Iconic. But, yeah, why, would, why do you think that they haven't put – the fact that it's a musical num like they haven't shared musical numbers in the trailer. I think they're just playing on like the nostalgic Mean mm. Girls element to it. So just to get everyone in the theater, not just Broadway fans. Yeah, and this week we also saw like the original Mean Girls cast get together for a Black Friday commercial, and everyone was there except um, Rachel McAdams, essentially. So. Obviously, there's such an appetite for that. And people love yeah. Mean Girls as like a cultural moment. And maybe they're just... Because like the trailer was very on par with like narrative and some of like the same lines. Yeah, some of the same lines, yeah. which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Speaking of nostalgia, there is a line in the trailer that's got people up in arms. Mm. And that is, not your mother's Mean Girls. So basically saying like, we assume that your mother is like the Mean Girls, the OG Mean Girls era. Obviously, the original came out in 2004. So if you were 17, which is the same age as the characters are, you would be 37 now. And I've seen a few tweets that are like, I don't think boomer executives realize how many 35-year-olds just don't have kids now. And even if they do have kids, they're not teenage. Like, of course, some people are. But like a very, very small percentage of millennials, children, Gen Alpha Mm. are teenagers. So actually they would still be considered gen z technically so i thought that was an interesting line like are they doing that to get people talking do you think or just to signify the fact that it's been 20 years it feels like a boomer made that line i'm so sorry or like yeah because i would say at us we're like the main demographic for that and that line doesn't resonate for me at all because like my my, i don't know my mom definitely didn't watch me girls and I don't think she would have been like the target demo exactly. when it first came out, but we are the people that are like reaping the benefits now. So it's a strange line and I get it. And like, I get it. And it feels like, you know, they're, they're making a progressive woke ish like version mm. of Mean Girls. And they're like, I think that's what they kind of mean yeah. by that line. I think it's just a bit on the nose and a bit like cringe. Anyway, I will definitely be at the movies for this. Yeah. I'll be sat. I'm so excited. It's actually the, the weekend that I get back from overseas okay so we'll we'll have to make it a thing let's watch it together yeah we'll go together coach club excursion we have to talk about this jazz there was an article published in bloomberg just this week and it is titled tiktok is turning the publishing world into fast fashion Oh my God, disgust. I wish I was in school and I was on the debate team (laughs) and we covered this. I'm like on the edge of my seat. I mean, when I saw the title, TikTok like publishing and fast fashion, I was like, let's go. (laughs) So the opinion piece by Jessica Carl speaks to the new release of Iron Flame, which is a sequel of like a fantasy novel series called Fourth Wing. And that's by Rebecca Yaros. And it's sold out on Amazon within 12 hours. I've seen it everywhere. Multiple friends buying it, talking about it. I was like, should I read the for- the first one? 
fun fact, actually, yeah. sorry, side note. I was going to listen to it on Audible, the fourth wing, and there were all these reviews that were like the um, narrator of the audiobook. So not the author, just someone else. Clearly sick when she's like oh, reading no. the book and it's disgusting and you can hear mouth noises and snot noises and Ooh. stuff. It's very off-putting, like wouldn't recommend all this stuff. And you know from book club, I'm like so bloody yes. sensitive to um, audiobook narrators so i didn't listen to it in the end mm. but i still am intrigued i'm not a huge fantasy fan but yeah. this is it feels like a cultural moment that i kind of want to be a part of there's a few there's been a few like this right and i could be wrong but it's like that fantasy romance genre i'm thinking a court of thorn and roses another book that i didn't get to and didn't read but yeah you're right like it's a big cultural moment people are talking about that i've seen this all over my instagram mm. as well um and I think, yeah, as a starting point for this article, it's a really interesting um, place to begin because in this piece, which we will get into, she talks about like the link between book talk, fast fashion, publishing and like fantasy writers and problems with cultural appropriation actually as mm. well. We've actually been lucky enough to get Jessica Carl to read out some of the piece in her own words. So here she is now. We're witnessing in real time how corners of the publishing industry have become akin to fast fashion, pushing out a steady stream of content because they know readers, influenced by social media reviews, will keep buying despite any glaring ethical concerns. And recently, Yaros's publisher, Red Tower Books, a new imprint by Entangled Publishing that's distributed by Macmillan, managed to sell its most hardcore consumers a book sight unseen. There was no title or cover photo, people bought it purely on hype. This would be fine if the untitled book, which sold out at Target, was something new. But it wasn't. Readers received a special edition of Fourth Wing, a book that most of them already owned. The formula is similar to that of retail drops, where brands release limited edition fashion lines that sell out in an instant. But instead of clothes, readers are snatching up books. Perhaps that feels like a relatively guilt-free purchase in comparison. I have so many thoughts on this and one that comes to mind is the Penguin slash T2 collab. I think that was the first time in ages that I've seen like a book as um, almost an aspirational item, like mm. an it item to have. Mm. I still don't have one because it's like $75 and they've sold out at the T2 shops and now on David Jones it's $10 shipping. I'm like, I don't know if I can spend $85 on a mug, a Penguin classic book, which are like $10 in the bookstores and like two boxes of tea. Mm. But it's like a moment, right? And it's that to me feels like fashion of like yeah. this is a trend and I really want to be a part mm. of this community of book readers or whatever who have this collab and this drop. And the same thing um, with Dolly Alderton's book. Mm. I was like running around the city yesterday trying to find like the cheapest one because I'm spending a lot of my money on books all of a sudden because it's becoming this like almost cultural capital oh, yeah. of what you read. I mean, that, I think that's always been a thing of like what you read is signifies who you are. Mm -hmm. But it feels almost like trendy and i don't know if this is because we're in like an echo chamber of readers or not no i think it's definitely extended into the celebrity sphere at least for the last couple of years even so you know you, you see like the, like the hot girls reading books kind mm. of there's an instagram page called that or something like that it's like literally just dedicated to that um we see like i feel like bella hadid used to talk quite a lot mm. about her reading list kaya gerber especially i think she's got a book club or at least posts like extensively about books and do a leaper do a leaper like it's 
definitely a thing and in that realm there's also very popular books that make the rounds and are yeah. the it book of the moment and they are cool so even when you're saying like i agree that t2 and penguin book collab was one of the first like tangible like go buy in store this very it item yeah. now but i also think like bedside table photos of like having mm. a book there that is like cultural capital that is aspirational too totally. so it's like okay how new is this area of like books being cool and how is book talk changing that mm. so what do you think about book talks influence on book consumption and is it even a bad thing yeah let's talk about it okay i definitely think book talk has changed the way people consume books i think it's almost just amplifying or accelerating something that was already there like we can't we're not stu- like we've all been influenced to read books mm. just like it could have been peer-to-peer or like a newspaper review or something but now this feels like a massive moment or like meeting place for people to discuss that it feels like one giant book club yeah but a book club where people get off on like like really loving or really hating books yeah. and like the same books and it's very quite like an exclusive place sometimes mm. i'm not are you on book talk would you say i wouldn't say i'm on book talk like especially all the fantasy like YA novel stuff I follow creators who love books yeah so and then they will share their picks of the month of course I'm thinking about Cameron Gibb um who is at slaggy book club on tiktok love her account so people like that i'll follow yeah and it was um interesting i was just talking to our mutual friend ruby before this and talking about this topic and i think we can't underestimate the influence and power of book talk as well it's seen in like the figures and sales mm. of books but it's also really interesting what specific writers are put up on that pedestal and get that love and a lot of the times that can lead to problematic people or problematic books getting so popular like we're thinking colleen hoover right she, she was problematic so much so girly see so i'm so obviously girly. not on book talk for different i've never reasons. read any of her books yeah i've read a book of hers um before i like fully saw but anyway but that's the thing it's like it's great that people are reading more should we be like surveilling what people are reading like it's very hard to be like oh no but like this book's so popular but it's not good for xyz reason i don't like i feel i feel mixed i did also see i think it was a tweet sorry if it was an article it just came to my mind it was definitely via eilish gilligan who's a musician and also at shameless but she said that book talk has like basically decimated the australian publishing industry yeah, wow. because like the charts like books I was top of my head everything I know about love by Dolly Alton uh, or Colin Hoover or whatever they can be years old and they'll still be at the top of the charts because of the amount that people are buying them because of book talk so basically book talk is also cannibalizing the individual publishers like it's creating it's part of globalization in terms of like it's creating um, one chart mm. for the whole world or, you know, the Western world is reading these books because of TikTok where and like so then kind of Australian authors, you know, for example, in our country can get lost or mm. like their their books don't sell as much or whatever because BookTok is like monopolizing the publishing industry. So I think that's also why you and I are so passionate about mm. like reading and supporting Australian authors specifically because it's a hard industry in general, but then when you're competing with like Emily Henry or someone yeah. who is like pumping out these books, so going yeah. back to the article about the yeah. fast fashion comparison, um, when they're pumping out the books 
How do you keep up with that? Yes. Hard agree with literally everything you said. Um, I also think this article that was published in The Guardian earlier this year was good. It was called, I can't stress how much BookTok sells teen literary influences swaying publishers. Because a big part of this conversation we can't look past is that BookTok is made up of predominantly like women um, who are interested in reading. It's it's also a big part of the queer community as well. Mm. I literally don't see many men on BookTok or um, driving the sales and conversations mm. around like teen YA or fantasy romance books. In the piece, actually, they there's one book um, sales assistant who specifically calls out how the demographic of BookTok and the people be, like influencing is quote almost exclusively teenage girls again we've seen this trend time and time again when teenage girls love something the world hates on them yes. because of it yes 100 percent. and it's like teen girls are like making the economy yes <laughs> so some stats from that article are that the most recent publishers association research says that Book talk is overwhelmingly a factor in Gen Z reading habits, mm. not surprising. And then in a poll of more than 2016 to 25 year olds, almost 59% said that book talk could help them discover a passion for reading. Like a passion for reading, not even just like we see so many stats about like, oh, book talk made them purchase or read a book. The, the stats of that are so high, but I just love that stat because it's like, you know, help them discover a passion for reading. Mm. Especially when you know, all the adults are like, old adults are like, you know, kids these days on their screens and screen time is so bad for people's mental health. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I think only good things can come from reading. I agree. And like, uh, before we get back into the Guardian article, like the massive problems we see about fast fashion are the environmental impacts of especially using plastic and using new materials and also the labor, like the human labor that's involved in creating clothes. But to my knowledge, I, I don't think that environmental factor of books is as strong there. Mm. And it's like when you're finished reading a book, you don't throw it out. Like, you exactly. know, you keep it or you gift it on or you donate it. I feel like it's not the same but I, I do libraries. appreciate that. libraries imagine if we had libraries for clothes yeah like rental <laughs> yeah rental but for free yeah but for free yeah on the point that like book talk is creating oversaturation mm -hmm. I was speaking with someone about this book Iron Flame um mm. yesterday they are on threads and they're on like the author book talk side and they said that the author corner on threads has been buzzing about this book but it was more about is this saturating the market of dragon themed fantasy <laughs> and i replied being like hasn't that been saturated for yeah. decades though for one uh hello game of thrones and i thought it was interesting that those conversations are happening in the author book talk space of like because now there's a female like you know obviously there's heaps of female um fantasy authors but like the fact that this one is so famous that it's selling on amazon in 12 hours now we want to have the conversation that like but wait the dragon market is really oversaturated yeah. of course like that's so misogynistic right mm. no i completely agree it, it happens on a smaller scale mm. here when um like sally rooney was obviously taking off the comparisons that other female like contemporary yeah. fiction writers like diana reed were made like hard and fast and it feels like a constant like competition and yes it is competition when you, that is your industry and that is your work but and maybe this is naive or like optimistic of me but it's like well at the end of the day like writing is art in a sense and like putting out books 
in my head is not just about like a job or getting money, which potentially, it, I mean, it is, but maybe I'm just being a bit like precious about books, but mm. it's it's like, oh, hey, that we have to have all these like comparison and competition elements. I feel like that is fueled by this overconsumption of books or like the hype that's created. So I like drawing it back to that fast fashion comparison. I definitely see it, see the way that TikTok has changed the way that we look and consume and like why we read as well. Mm. I feel a lot of FOMO because I'm not on booktop or I feel like I'm missing like yeah missing out or I'm behind on like the it read of the moment. I feel that so hard. I ran out and I spent $35 on Rogue by Mona Awad Mm. and obviously still super excited but I couldn't wait for it. I couldn't find a cheaper option. Um, I couldn't wait until it was out, like until it was ready to go at the library. I just bought it from my local store, which is an independent bookstore. So I do try to shop there sometimes. Mm. But like when I'm spending, I'm buying multiple books a month. I can't be spending thirty five dollars every time. And I was like, I feel really. It was like a fast fashion purchase. Yeah. It was so interesting. It was the impulse. Yeah. I was. At, I think I was having a bad day, and I was like, you know what? Oh, I lost my wallet that morning. It was that morning, and then I had to go pick it up. It was someone found it, but I was like, to cheer myself up, I'm going to go into this bookstore and buy, spend thirty five dollars on a mm. book, and but it's fine because I'll read it this weekend. Then the Britney Spears book came out. Yeah. I went to Big W to buy that one because I was like, well, I'm not spending another thirty five dollars. But I was like, but that's the it book of the moment now. Yeah. So now I've read that, and then I finished that last week. But then two days ago, I was like, I need to buy Dolly Alderton's book and I need to read that because then I'm going to be behind on the conversations. So I went out and bought that and now I'm studying that before I've even finished Rogue because I'm (laughs) like, I don't have enough time to read all these books. And it literally feels like that FOMO fashion trend of like, I'm going to miss out on the the boot trend or the denim maxi skirt trend and like, but it's more cultural now. It's like, Mm. well, people will be having conversations at work or we'll be talking about it on the podcast and I won't have read it and that makes me feel bad because I'm behind. Mm. It's so interesting. So interesting. It's a big reason why I didn't get and I'm not on Goodreads as well because I actually mm. <laughs> don't want that. It was actually even a big deal oh, lol, um, when I decided this year, I was like, oh, I'm going to actually track the books I read this year and I made a, like, a conscious effort to not do that in recent years because yeah. I never wanted to feel like a productivity thing yeah. or like a work thing or something that – I had to measure, even though I have really enjoyed keeping track of what I'm reading this year, I think it can just spiral really quickly. And like for a lot of us, even as writers, like reading is a hobby. Mm. And when we're monetizing that or trying to make it just another work thing, I feel like you can seep the joy out of it. And that's what I think BookTok can do sometimes. Yeah, and creating that like hyper fast thing of like, okay, everyone, you've got like – (laughs) two days to read this book and then we're going to be on to the next thing and the next thing. I think at the end of the day that like the more people that are reading the better and it doesn't really matter um, where they're getting the recommendation from as long as they're enjoying it and getting off a screen and disconnecting and using their imagination. I think it's all positive. The only thing I'm a bit antsy about is the whole like monopolization of the charts and like Mm, sales and then that dictates who will get book deals and things and like is it going to be that if you don't um if your book doesn't blow up on book talk you're not going to get a second deal that kind of stuff i think is still unraveling because book talk is only a couple years old um but in general i do think that books are becoming more of a fashion trendy item yes than they previously were yeah and to be honest on this fashion analogy right i would love it if book talk is the way that 
someone connects and interacts with books for potentially the first time in their life like they're discovering it like they're walking into a shopping center for their first time but then over time when they read on their own accord and they figure out what they like they develop a sense of personal style Mm. as you would in fashion but for books yeah so yeah (laughs) if that if that analogy came across no that makes a lot of sense i mean that's one thing i love about our book club is every person Mm -hmm. likes different like our irl book club Every person has different favorite genres and we're like shopping around and I'm get, like getting to know better what I do and don't like. Yeah, we get to try on each other's clothes. Yeah. It is now time for recommendations. Jazz, what is something that you've really enjoyed in the past week? Well, it's on theme. Yes. <laughs> it is actually our IRL book club read because it's the only thing I read this week. So that is... To Be Taught If Fortunate, and it's by Becky Chambers, who's an American sci-fi writer. This is a novella, so it's only 140 pages long, which I've learned is like the perfect size for me. I was like, I could do this, you know, all the time. So it was chosen by our friend Kelly, and I was really excited for it. I had a feeling that I might enjoy it, and I did. Essentially, it is set in the year 2162, which feels crazy to think about, and it's four space explorers who are out in the universe exploring multiple planets. It just kind of charts like their work and then their interpersonal relationships. And it has very beautiful prose. There were Mm. moments that made me be like, like gasp Mm. or like laugh out loud. And um, I just thought it was really inspiring as a writer as well to like read that type of prose is very aspirational to me. Um, It's also a nice beginner's look into sci-fi. I think if you're like a bit intimidated by it, um, and like sometimes like sci-fi jargon can be a lot, but it was um, a lovely read. Especially, I think it's a good one if you were, if you've had a break and you need to, you want to get back into your reading if you're in a slump um, because it is so short. I think I read it in like two days, so. Yeah, that's my recommendation. You also read it and you liked it as well. Yes, I gave that one a 3.75 out of five, like five stars. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I agree. A really great like sci-fi space book, which is like something I haven't dived too much into. Mm. You have another book recommendation for us. It's yes. a book episode today. <laughs> what how are you recommending? Yes. It's actually already got copped a mention in this episode already, but it is Dolly Alderton's new book, which is called Good Material. I was lucky enough to get like a copy about a week ago. So just a bit earlier than when it was released. And I stopped everything I was doing and read it. <laughs> um, and I really enjoyed it. I don't want to say too much because I don't like it when people um, say things about a book that like you haven't read. And I'm going to assume that a lot of our listeners... You included Jazz are about to read this one, Um, so I'll keep it light. But essentially, in terms of the synopsis, what's really interesting is that Dolly's actually writing from the perspective of a man. Mm. To be so brave to dive into the head of a male. Um, Big challenge. Big challenge. And she did interview uh, like 12, 15 men for this uh, as part of her research. Um, top line synopsis is essentially it follows a man who's like whatever in his early 30s <laughs> uh, who's going through a breakup. And this okay. is essentially just him going through a breakup as a top line um, narrative. And I finished it this morning and I really enjoyed it. It's 
bit different to her other books. Again, I don't want to say too much, but I just think, yeah, if you're a fan of Dolly, you'll, you'll enjoy this, mm-hmm. I reckon. Um, as opposed to her other books, which are really focused on friendships as well, I think it's interesting to see her focus on romantic, like love and heartbreak mm-hmm. um, and having that more front and center. That's all I'll say. But yes, enjoyed it. Great. Like I said in the previous segment, I can't wait to get into it probably this weekend. Uh-huh. I actually didn't finish Ghosts. Oh, my God. Controversial. Controversial. I think it was just what I was going through at the time. Yeah. I was like, I just don't want to deal with um, reading about relationships or being single and all this stuff. Um, so I'm keen for this to like yeah. try her fiction work again because obviously I loved everything I know about love. Yes. That brings us to the end of our episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. We've always, we always love having people listen. We very much appreciate it. And Sally, it's our last record, like studio record for the year, which is so wild. But we will still be in your ears yes. um, up until sometime when we Christmas. have a break. Yeah, yeah, completely. You can find us on social media at Culture Club Pod on Instagram and TikTok. We really appreciate any and all reviews that come through on Spotify and Apple. So thank you in advance if you do leave us a lovely message or a little star review. A nice review. <laughs> <laughs> nice review. I know any and all. That was a lie. I was like, no. <laughs> Alrighty. Stay safe. Love you. Bye. Bye.